everybody, welcome back to the Parkinson's Association of San Diego Microcast Series. I'm your host, Jeff Seckendorf, here today with Adriana Gonzalez. Hey, Adriana. Hello. Adriana is a social worker, and we're going to start right at the beginning here because I think this is, I think you do something that a lot of our community doesn't know about. So, Let's just start. What's a social worker? Yeah, so that's a great question. And every time I introduce myself to somebody new in our clinic, I kind of break down who I am and what I do. And what's surprising is that social workers are really found in every facet of our community, from schools to hospitals to senior centers. The military has social workers. And even some of us are in what we call private practice. But ultimately, you know, we're a helping profession and people who call themselves social workers like myself, we either have a bachelor's or a master's degree in social work. Some even have a doctorate of social work. But really, our primary mission is to enhance the well-being of the people that we work with by helping and meeting their basic and complex needs. Okay, let's break it down even more basically. So... Social work, could we define it as a way to integrate somebody into the community and services that are available to them? I don't even know where to where to go to get like... I think we have a hard time defining it because it's so broad. So a social worker can be a therapist. A social worker can be a case manager, someone who gives you resources. A social worker can be somebody who is you know, in the emergency room and helping you with discharge planning can be in a school and helping a child or a student get the access to the services that they need. So I think that's why a lot of people have their time wrapping their head around what we do, because it doesn't look a certain way. It really is defined by the setting that we're working in. So let's talk about our community, which is Parkinson's. What would cause somebody or drive somebody to come see you professionally? So in my role, as a social worker in an outpatient clinic that is specifically for people that have a movement disorders, somebody would be referred to me again for so many different reasons. But the top reasons I get patients referred to me is somebody's Parkinson's is progressing and the family is needing a little bit more help at home. And so they're referred to me so I can walk them through what that can look like, give them some resources and really hear them out in terms of um, what financial resources they have and what that's going to look like. In other cases, I've had patients refer to me when they're newly diagnosed because they're having a hard time, you know, wrapping their minds around this new diagnosis. They're experiencing a lot of feelings that they can't quite understand. And so I kind of talk with people and just normalize their experience and talk about how this is a normal part of uh, adjusting to a new diagnosis. Really, my role can vary because people's needs vary. And so if somebody's having a hard time with something in any facet of their Parkinson's disease journey, they might get a referral to the social worker in our clinic, which is me. So what's the difference between a clinical social worker and a clinical psychologist? Yeah, I get that question a lot. And sometimes even my doctors don't know the difference. And so I I think it is important to kind of talk about because social workers can be in so many different areas of our community with different backgrounds, whether it's the bachelor's degree or master's level clinician, it can be confusing to know, you know, what's the difference, especially also because there's overlap between a social worker and a psychologist, because we're both 
master's level clinicians, but both disciplines, both professions can provide mental health therapy. We both go through a licensing process through the state of California, and we both are allowed to provide therapeutic services to individuals and bill insurance for those services. Where the fork in the road is, is that a lot of uh, social workers are not in private practice and don't provide therapy like me. I'm in an outpatient setting, so I don't do uh, therapy. The overlap is a psychologist and a social worker can both provide therapy. Does that make things clear? I feel like I muddied it up a little bit. But again, this is why it can be so confusing for people to understand those differences. Let's do an example. Let's just take, make up a patient, anybody, Mr. Just Got Diagnosed with Parkinson's or Mrs. Just Diagnosed with Parkinson's, and and make up a case study of what would drive that person to see you with, what questions would they have or what trials would they be going through in their home life or their work life that would maybe cause their movement disorder specialist to refer them out to you as a social worker? Yeah. Just make something up. So to just to kind of anchor it with, with the audience, with our listeners. So a, an example of what I see pretty commonly is somebody gets diagnosed with Parkinson's, their medication's working great, right? Their symptoms are managed. Maybe they're able to work a few more years. And then, you know, they retire and they're doing good. They're exercising. They're going to rock steady boxing. They're going to support groups and they're feeling great. They're building their community. Then they kind of get to the middle part of their um, disease journey and they're experiencing more symptoms and maybe speech is getting more difficult. And so they're isolating a little bit more, not going out with their friends as much as they used to. They're having a harder time keeping up at rock steady boxing and that's making them feel like they don't wanna go anymore. Maybe their care partner is worried that you know they're apathetic. They're not really wanting to do anything or engage with anybody. They're kind of shutting down. The person maybe isn't really interested in going to therapy, but is open to talking to me. So then that referral comes to, you know, I'm going to have Adriana, the social worker, call you. Is that okay? I make that call and and I just get to know that person. I don't assume that I know what's going to help, but I just want to hear what their experience is, is. And in talking through, maybe I'll get more information about um, what they're feeling. Ashamed or you know, I don't want to go to family parties anymore because now I ha- I'm more just kinetic and people are going to think I'm drunk and they don't know I have Parkinson's. I'm not comfortable sharing that. So we kind of go through that assessment to kind of see in what area does this person need a little bit more support? And that's where I take the time to really normalize therapy, to talk about how could it be, how it could be helpful to try to take away the stigma of, you know, it's not Freudian therapy anymore where you're laying on a couch and recalling all of your childhood traumas. It's really about the here and now. Maybe I talk about, do you have any type of of coping skills that help with your anxiety? You know, what does that look like? Have you tried breathing exercises? Have you tried meditation or Tai Chi where I just get a sense of what this person's experiencing and give ideas of what could be helpful? And then if they're agreeable, which most people are, I usually follow up with a MyChart message or an email, just giving them some information on resources. Maybe they're not part of a support group. Maybe they need the Parkinson's Association mentorship program to kind of 
you know, talk to somebody about what their experience is. So that kind of in a nutshell is what I do get to know the person, they tell me what's going on. And then my little brain kind of calculates what's out there and then gives them tangible resources that they can then explore in their own time. That's so interesting because my vision of social work versus psychology is that psychologists help you deal with issues and social workers refer you out to solutions. But it's not like that, is it? Yeah, but that is kind of a nice breakdown. And I think the big caveat to that is that I might refer you to therapy and I might give you a name of somebody who's a licensed clinical social worker who's a therapist who's going to work with you through uh, and give you more coping skills or more insight. So in therapy, you're building insight to figure out how do I move through this problem and what are some of the, the things that are interrupting that process? And my role in the immediate is to do kind of a very fast track version of that to compute all the information in my brain that you're giving me and think about the bigger picture and what could be helpful. Because not everybody needs therapy, but everybody needs support. And that support looks different. So a lot of what you do, if I'm hearing this, is is work with immediate issues and work with acute issues more than maybe chronic issues, things that are happening in the now where people come in, you know, not necessarily in crisis, but maybe in confusion and, and it seems like you're able to sort that piece of it for them. Yeah. And then if they find they want to go into a long-term, more personal relationship with themselves, they can then go into counseling to solve some of the, or work with some of those problems. Yeah, to work through. Absolutely. So yes, confusion. I do also work with people who are in crisis where I get a care partner who says, you know, I can't do this anymore, or it's not safe for this person to be discharged home from the hospital and kind of working with family to figure out placement in nursing homes and stuff like that. Um, but this, I would say, yes, you know, 75% of the referrals that I get are something is changing now. Somebody is struggling with something now, and that can be the person with Parkinson's disease. But most of the people that I talk to are actually the care partners and the family because they're taking more of a role in the care of this person. And maybe that's bringing some, some stuff up for them. And then, like you said, I give kind of ideas of what can be helpful. And I always tell my, my families, we're not one and done. It's not you can talk to me one time and then you can never talk to me again. I, I want to build a relationship with the people who, who come to see me because, as we know, Parkinson's disease progresses. And what worked today is not going to work next year or two years from now. And so it's really important to what I call peek around the corner and also do a little bit of planning for what might be on the horizon. I think it's really interesting to talk to you about this because it does start to paint a picture of the delineation and the difference between social work and uh, more systemic therapy. And I think that's cool. Now, I do know in San Diego that you are in short supply, right? The social workers well-trained in Parkinson's in San Diego are in short supply. And the Parkinson's Association here in San Diego is actually building a training program for social workers to introduce them to the aspects of Parkinson's and make them more comfortable working with this population. But if someone decides either on their own or with their movement disorder specialist that social work, a social worker would be good for them. 
what's the next step? How do you find somebody? You're at UCSD, so you know you're kind of limited to that that um, constituency. But what about the rest of the world? The the scripts, the sharp, the uninsured, all of that. Yeah, that can be tricky. I think if somebody is looking for a traditional kind of therapist and they want to see a social worker, that's a little bit easier, right? We can ask your primary care provider for a referral for therapy. I can give people a list of um, different organizations that have listservs of therapists in the area. But a social worker like me, who is really, I, it's almost, I triage cases is what I do and then, you know, fish them out to different resources they are not embedded in our healthcare system. So you might see a social worker if you're uh, in the emergency room. You might see a social worker if you're inpatient at the hospital and they're coming up with a discharge plan. But within our medical setting, you might not see one other than that. I think UCSD has been really proactive in making sure that they have a social worker in their clinic but the reason you don't see them is that the type of work that I do, I don't bill for it. So I'm not billing your insurance for us talking for an hour because I'm not providing therapy, right? Even though I'm providing a therapeutic intervention, it's not um, the black and white, I can bill this and it's this code. That's unique to UCSD in San Diego, right? Having a social worker that, and yes, that's unique to us in that we don't, or in that UCSD finds value in the work that I do and decides that even though I don't bring in revenue, it's still important to have me as part of our interdisciplinary team. So outside of that system. So outside of that system, that's where it gets tricky because other systems don't have that same philosophy. So aren't, I might not have a social worker in my role because they don't want to pay for it. So if somebody's looking for a social worker, so if somebody um, is not a UCSD patient, but they really need somebody to help them out, to fill out paperwork, to figure out, you know, what next steps are, then I, we have limited options, but we have a few. So one, there's a community resource line called 211 that people can call. Usually most people know that as if I need shelter or if I need food or if I need, you know, medic medical insurance and need to uh, get Medi-Cal, then I can call 211. But 211 has a listserv of every single nonprofit social service agency in San Diego. So you can call and say, I'm looking to work with an organization that has a case manager. Usually that's what social workers are called in nonprofit organizations, a case manager. And so they can give that person a list of local organizations. Off the top of my head, there's Elder Help. That's one that has social workers. For care partners, there's the Southern Caregiver Resource Center. They have social workers that they can assign a care partner to help them through their caregiving journey. And then the last resource, it's a national resource. So they're not going to be able to give you local San Diego resources. But the Parkinson's Foundation has a helpline. And it is staffed by master's level clinicians, social workers. And they do much of what I do. The, the big difference is they might not have the or be aware of all of the resources that we have in San Diego because they are meeting the needs of a national population. So they can do a lot of what I do, assess what that might look like. And then they'll probably say, you know, okay, you're in San Diego. San Diego has the UCSD Center of Excellence. It has the Parkinson's Association, you know, call those lines to, to get more 
support or resources in in your area. But that's kind of the limits of our system. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, all right, I think what we'll do, if it's okay with you, is we'll bring you back (laughs) for more of these short microcasts. Because I think what you do is fascinating. I think our population is not exposed to the benefits of social work enough. So I'll encourage everybody who's listening, if you have questions for Adriana you'd like us to address on this microcast series, just drop us a note at, uh, and I'll put the, the contact information in the, in the show notes. And let's, let's kind of spend maybe, you know, over the next few months, do a few more of these on more specific topics of social work and give people really, you know, the ability to kind of see what's available and how to utilize these services and find them. And I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think, and it's not unique to, you know, Parkinson's disease population. It really is. It's difficult to ask for help. And in so many situations, we don't know what we don't know, right? And so that's that's the gap that I try to fill is what is out there for people that, that they don't know about that could be helpful, that other patients told me was helpful, that other families told me was helpful. So I consider myself like a little bit of a, my brain's filled with a lot of information. (laughs) Some would say useless, but I think it's pretty helpful with a lot of information. And I just break it down for people based on what they tell me they need and and try to help them kind of bridge that gap. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like the 211 hotline for Parkinson's disease. Awesome. So Adriana Gonzalez, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We'll see you again for sure. If you're a UCSD patient, you can reach out to Adriana through your movement disorder specialist over there. And um, yeah, we'll continue to explore this topic of social work. I think it's really interesting. Yes, sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you all on the next one.